You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, here we are in uh, the Koala Studios at Desert Rock FM, downtown Batuta. Uh, we've got a special guest today who's actually going to be doing a lot more kilometres around the country. He's made the big trip out to the Diamantina Shire, but this is just the beginning, I guess. James Rain, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, and nice to be here, all yeah, this way out here. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, you came out here while it's getting cool, actually. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that as I was on the way. Yeah, it's a very special time to be out here because we've just had a bunch of rain. and uh, You must be happy. It's a region that's not really known for its rain, you know, up yeah. here in the Simpson Desert. But, yep. you know, most of the water now is making its way down to Lake Eyre and Lake Eyre is coming back to life. That's good. So you'll have to pop down there after you're done up here. Mm. Do a bit of what, fishing. Yeah, well, the Lake Air Yacht Club is really seasonal. Lake Air Yacht Club. Very yeah. seasonal. Very seasonal. Yeah. yeah. Now, what, what's been happening, mate? You're about to go on tour. Well, we're sort of on tour. We're always on tour somewhere, but we're about to... Uh, we've been doing regional stuff. Yep. Uh, acoustic duo stuff, and that got, that's got another three weeks. And then we're doing so we've been doing some shows down in Melbourne with the band, mm-hmm. and we're going to North Queensland with the band. We're yep. doing the Enmore in Sydney on July the 12th yep. with the band. Uh, so, yeah, we're just doing stuff all the time. So you better hit the capitals, and I guess this could keep going. This is the Endless Summer Tour. That's right. Well, we named it the Endless Summer Tour a while ago, and it's still going. But, you know. Is this named after the Incredible Surfing documentary? Well, that was obviously that was one of the things. Cause I think it started with that because I always like to, when in doubt, go back to think Surf Cowboy and go back mm. to things like those the, the, you know the, 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 those sort of pictures, the endless summer pictures, those mm-hmm. posters, those old surfing posters, for me have always been a good, you know, kind of place to a good blueprint in terms of just sort of a look. So I know that that this is going to be uh, an endless tour. I'm just kind of wondering if it's going to be endless, like in the Bob Dylan kind of way, where he's so been never stop. He's been on tour, hasn't he, for, since like 1988? Yeah. No, oh. I think well, we have we do have breaks. Yeah, uh, we had two weeks like the other, you know, a few weeks ago. But uh, no, we sort of we essentially know what we're doing. I think most of August I'm going to do some recording in August, August, summer, September. But besides that, we pretty much know what we're doing until the end of no, 2021, 2020 rather. And to, we're talking about stuff we might do in 2021. So we know what we're doing at the end of next year. That's uh, some good job security you've got there, which is as rare. Much as you I guess, can in yeah. this sort of business, you <laughs> know, because you're the one punding it. And you just all you got to do is hope people turn up. Now, this is one thing. I've always wanted to ask you, as Queenslanders, we kind of associate the Australian beach surf culture with Queensland, yeah, and and pretty much anywhere that they play rugby league is yeah. where you'd imagine there are surfers and and Coast. you know it's it's kind of mm. it's eastern Actual seaboard and and fairly north, probably big is the last beach that I would yeah. imagine people surf at, yeah. But your whole kind of upbringing was surfing in the in the cold country. Well, yeah, and I'm, I wasn't necessarily a surfer. I was in a band with some surfers, yeah. and they would do a lot of their surfing going north. All right. They would go right. north to do it, and you're right, but it starts probably bigger Tarthra around yeah. there, which is very southern, right on the border of Victoria. But there is surf on the Mornington Peninsula where we live, where yeah. I still live. I mean, I've moved away, but I moved back. There is a surf culture down there, and there the peninsula. So one side is Port Phillip Bay, which is flat, and then the other side is Western Port Bay, which has surf. It's, it's fairly... Um, 
it's fairly volatile, but it has surf. And then, of course, you've got the other, what they, in Victoria, they call the surf coast, because they like, which is down Lawn, which is sort of west of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So there's de- definitely surf down there. So you, you did, growing up, you did have kind of the, the panel vans and the... Oh, and yeah. The, yeah, right. Yeah. Panel vans are considered, when I, because I'm my age, you know, back in the early 70s, panel vans weren't cool. Mm-hmm. Combis were sort of cool. Or just a kind of, you know, messed up car mm-hmm. with a board in the back, a station wagon, but yeah. the panel vans weren't cool. Well, it definitely struck a chord, resonated right around the country. But you're not actually one of Australia's greatest pub rock singers. You're also uh, one of Nigeria's greatest, I mean, which is something we've kind of discovered in now. Uh, you, you and Hugo Weaving, and there's a few uh-huh. others born in Nigeria and, and now high-profile Australians. What, what was the story there? You Were, were you an army brat? It's kind of, yeah. Uh, so what happened, and I think Hugo's background is similar in the sense that we had uh, my our father was in the Royal Marines, a British man, and he didn't want to be a career soldier. He was a captain. Mm-hmm. He was ADC to to you know certain governors and things like that. So he didn't want to be a career soldier. So he left the service, got a job with BP. As I th- I'm I don't know specifically Hugo's background, but he got a job with BP. Was posted to the colonial outpost of Nigeria where they had oil settlements mm-hmm. and uh, his job was to go out and check on the oil settlements and so we were stationed there they were my parents were stationed in Lagos right. Lagos and a suburb of Lagos called Jos so they were moved around a bit and both my brother and I were born there because right. they were there so you were kind of in the first wave of African gangs to arrive in Victoria I guess Correct. in the yeah we were in the 60s 60 yeah very early 60s we yeah, established right. that um that movement, <laughs> yeah, call it that. Wasn't very much an uh, election issue back then, but it definitely is nowadays. But you know, you, you're living proof that these, all these kids need is a guitar and a bit of uh, support from their surrounding community. And, Correct, uh, and it could be. Well, the, the interesting thing is, it was almost in reverse our situation because our our father, who was extremely British, was went out to Australia in the early '60s because he had to get out of Nigeria because the Biafran Revolution, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Got arrived in Australia in the very early '60s, a very British man. In Australia in the early 60s, which was white Australia, so yeah. it was extreme. There's this little colonial outpost in this place called Mount Eliza that had a couple of dirt roads, and it he was he railed against what Australia was then. So we had two different vocabularies: we had a vocabulary for home, and a vocabulary for school. And and that was more British at home, or that was very more, British at home. Yeah. So at home it was lavatory. Yep. Lavatory. And lavatory. But I, when we were kids, we came with this. We had plums in our mouths, apparently. Yeah. So it was lavatory at school and toilet at, 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 at <laughs> lavatory at home, toilet school, and it was had to call it the sitting room yeah. at home. There's a lounge. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, that was a couch mm-hmm. and school and sofa at home and cordial at school and squash at home. <laughs> so it was a lot of that. Very, very English. And, and But would that, being born in Nigeria at that time, you know, if you would ever run for politics – You'd have to go through your citizenship and all that kind of stuff. Would that have been technically British, similar to British India? Correct. I'm yeah. s- I, I'm a, I'm a, a British citizen. Yeah. I have it. My, I have a British passport with it. If I put citizenship on a thing, I've got to. I put UK. Yeah. Right. Even though I'm, you know, I've yeah. been here since I was four. Oh, if you ever choose to run to Parliament, you, you know, you, you'll have to tear that up. That's true. I got to reapply, don't I? Yeah. I got to go through the ceremony. And. Mm-hmm. But can I be prime minister if I'm not? No, I'm joking. That, that's job security, though. If you can get in the Senate, that's six years. You can, yeah, 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 and yeah. retire and be on a nice little package. That's the yeah. end of the summer. <laughs> it's very true. Now, the word that we always everyone associates with Australian crawl and James Rain, as I said before, is pub rock. 
I'm not sure if that was the word that was getting around while you guys were doing it. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. It's been coined since then. Yeah, yeah. since. Okay. And yeah. how did that all come together? And how has this since been documented in that way? Was it? It wasn't as insular as everyone makes it out to be. The term pub rock, or yeah, the, or just the, the scene. The scene? No, it wasn't at all. It was a big scene. There were a lot of bands going around, and there are a lot of pubs. There are a lot of places to play. In New South Wales was the RSLs, more than, but there were a lot of pubs in, in New South Wales as well. But there was a huge circuit right around the country mm-hmm. and there were many, many bands going around working six days a week, six nights a week for most of the year, you know, and uh, it supported it and a lot of these bands were pulling big, big crowds, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple of thousand people a night and you would run up and down the coast or all around the coast and into the uh, regional areas and be pulling these crowds. So it was... A very supportive. I think radio is really supportive mm-hmm. of it. So it wasn't as insular as it. I think it sounds yeah. now. Yeah. And it wasn't just Victoria, Adelaide, which is all how it's often presented as well. No. It was. Oh no, Sydney was huge. Yeah. A lot of great bands. Um, Queensland was huge. Mm. Um, you know the difference. The thing with Queensland, and the one thing you did notice then, was you really you crossed over the border into Queensland, and you did almost sense a change. It was the years of Joe Bjorki Peterson and yeah. that sort of world. The corrugated iron curtain, correct, yeah. and it was, and you really would sense it when you got over there. There was quite a difference. You were almost pulled up over the border, and the car was searched. Yeah. Almost, it was mm-hmm. almost like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, it was an interesting time uh, for everyone, and of course, a scene in in Brisbane kind of spawned out of that. There was a bit more of a mm-hmm. punk punk kind of sound yeah you know you kind of have to roll the dice at getting bashed and and locked up each time you played a gig yeah which was probably a bit more uh yeah a bit more anarchist kind of attitude getting around there but at least now you know they've come round to, to the fact that that was quite a good time for music in queensland oh yeah and well, they've named a bridge after the go-betweens i guess that's right know, that's and, you know, back then if you'd suggested that, you probably would have got thrown in jail. But, <laughs> you would have had a wiretap put on you. <laughs> but the interesting thing was there really was this other cult, this subculture there, because the university there spawned a lot of stuff. So the, the, yeah. the university in Brisbane, you could see a lot of – there was a great scene around that. And it was you would – around the streets of Brisbane in this hot place, so a lot of people just dressed all in black mm. in the middle of summer. Tropical goths. Tropical goths. And there really it was a definite, you know, conscious effort to kind of – fight against the prevailing kind of political mm. thing. Well, yeah, you know, the 4ZZZ is still, still around, the radio station up there, the community station that played a lot of that music and has remained quite anarchic, like, uh, what's the word? Anarchist. Quite anarchist, anarchist. Yeah. yes. It's remained quite anarchist. Um, it's still got that, whereas, you know, the community stations around the country are a bit more, a bit more like Triple J, whereas they've still kind of got their communist posters up on the wall. Yeah, and, yeah, they do. And the likes up there. Now, tell us a little bit, that you obviously were... As you said, there was a lot of work. There was a lot of gigs. This was uh, uh, in the music industry. They call it BP and AP, which is before pokies and after pokies. Yep. The concept of having a live music gig at an RSL might shock a lot of people, particularly in New South Wales now and even in Queensland. But that was what they were doing. They were, they were getting the kids into the RSL and they were packing it out. Yep. When did you notice that kind of start changing? Uh, I think when it happened in Melbourne, because Melbourne didn't have... The, the kind of legislation where you could have pokies. It was always there in, in New South Wales, a little less so in Queensland. Mm-hmm. I guess the rugby states, they seem to have it. And the, we, the thing you would notice, I think, from memory is that the RSLs, they obviously had a lot of money because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the places were huge. 
the facilities were always much better than a lot of the pubs. A lot of the pubs, they didn't care. They put a like, put a band in there. We've got a room at the back. It'll hold 1,500 people. You know, they've, they've, we've got that sort of toilet. We can make a dressing room kind of. At least they've got a toilet, you know. Um, and But I think when pokies come, I don't know what year it was that pokey, the legislation changed where they had pokies in Melbourne and Adelaide and places that weren't the sort of AFL states. The venues dropped off because they didn't need bands to pull people in there. They, they could put, you know. It's cheaper to put a whole lot of pokies in there mm. and the people are going to come in and you're going to make a lot of money from them. But you're right, there definitely was a, a BP and an AP. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about your time in Australian Crawl? When you guys uh, kind of put together Boys Light Up, did you ever imagine that would become like a, a bong smoker's anthem? <laughs> the, the song? Yeah. Or the yeah. song? No, yeah. because it's not about that. Yeah, the song is not about smoking dope, but it got tagged with that, and it got banned, which you always wanted. Yeah. You know, if you got banned, you're going, yeah, we got banned, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I think people thought it was about smoking dope, and it wasn't at all. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. the surfing thing kind of worked hand in hand with that, that particular Yeah, scene. I think, but yeah, but people sort of are, so, uh, are related to that and associated with it. And I was, no, no, we weren't going to complain and say, oh, it's not about that, you know. No, a lot of musicians don't like telling the what was going on when they wrote a song. Mm. But what was that song about? We kind of feel like it might have been about sex workers and... No, it's about a blowjob. Okay. Actually, it's a song about a blowjob, or they used to call them headjobs in yeah. Australia. Mm. Yeah. Can I Gob- say that? Gobby. No. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. We, are. Yeah. we name it as a Hummer. It's yeah. a, it mentions yeah. Hummer in there, and yeah. it's about... And one of my great... I have to say this. One of my greatest thrills was there was a time quite a few years ago when John Howard was Prime Minister, and Pat Cash, who I knew a bit because Pat used to come to gigs and Pat plays, yeah. plays guitar and likes mm-hmm. to get up with bands and play. And we knew Pat a bit. And um, so Pat, it was good to know him a bit. And he we got inducted into, the, I guess, the Tennis Hall of Fame or the maybe the Melbourne Tennis Centre Hall of Fame. Anyway, he wanted yeah. to – and he they, so they do this little ceremony on, on the, on the centre court at, at um, the Melbourne Tennis Centre. And he wanted to have me to go along and play Boys Light Up. And John Howard, because he was Prime Minister, he wanted to give that impression that he was a sporting guy and he mm-hmm. supported a lot of sport. Good on him. You know, he was there. Supporting. And he, to have him sitting there with whoever his mind is, but he was he figured someone's gone, just sing Moore's line up, make it look good. <laughs> and John Howard, Malcolm, so the Prime Minister of Australia singing a song about a blowjob, yeah, I think, without realising, I thought it was lovely. In, in mm. And based on like a song about some kids down in regional. Kind yeah, of. probably smoking too many cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's a it's an interesting ballad. They um they it, but it's still it's still very much like each generation sixteen year old kids underneath, you know, grandma's house ripping billies. You know, it it continues to exist in that world. They discover it and they play it. So, well, I hope so. Yeah, Let's hope so for many generations to come. <laughs> you've um you've indirectly found a, a never ending subculture there. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, tell us a little bit about Victoria and and that and that kind of. You're still down there on the peninsula. Yep. Which uh, is an interesting part because not many cities have that. It, it's it's now turned into a bit of a weekender kind of area. Yeah. What was it definitely. like as a kid? Well, it was kind of a place you went. I mean, the, this, all my surf friends used to go down there go surfing. It was kind of because I grew up there. I never saw it, could never see it objectively. I thought it was just kind of most of it was full of these a lot of funny little sort of holiday houses, like little weatherboard places that were just cheap places. A lot of people that lived in Melbourne, if they could afford it, would have a cheap holiday house down there because it was cheap you know the land was cheap and no one really thought of it, it was not in the well before the days of oh if you've got a house with a, a sea view that mm-hmm. was a huge thing no one really thought of that 
Simo was the place I grew up. It was a lot of bush. I don't think you. I don't think you think about it as there are a lot of orchards. There were no wineries. Now there's full of wineries, but there are a lot of orchards. I mean, we used to get summer jobs picking fruit down the orchards. But it was pretty. I mean, a beautiful land. It was a beautiful kind of um, environment. But you never really looked at it like that. Mm. It was just a place of these funny little holiday houses, and um, uh, you know, you get summer jobs picking fruit, and that was pretty much it. I do remember when we first started, the first bands we had, you could get the, they'd have little community halls. So dotted around the peninsula of these community halls. So you could rent them really cheaply and you could run your own little gigs and you could just invite, just put it like you're having a party, just put out flyers and put the, have the band play and charge $2 at the door or whatever we charged. So I remember that was quite a good part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, I, you never really thought about it as being anything special. And now it's through the roof. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of kind of just see Range Rovers, AFL players. That's the yeah, kind of vibe down yeah, there. Yeah. We always laugh. You know, summer started when you start to see the clean Range Rovers. Yeah. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> our cars are just covered in dust. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and then they get they go back home before they get dusty. <laughs> well, speaking of very clean cars, uh, very nice, expensive cars, unpublished critics. Yeah. Yeah. Those boys from Guns and Roses. Yeah. Right. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Well, this is a conspiracy that a lot yeah. of us like to engage in, particularly around that you know early days of smoking yeah. dope. You kind of say, "Hey, listen to this." Now listen to this. I've had a good the listen kids to are both. Doing that. I mean, there's something there. Yeah, a friend of mine who's much younger than me, funnily enough, um, I don't know if he's Stein, but he did do a what do you call a mat like a mat like a comparison. He yeah. mixed this thing yeah. together, yeah. and when I heard it like that, I thought, "Crikey, that's so close." Yeah. And I was never aware of it until a lot of people, a couple of people, started pointing it out to me, and more and more people were pointing it out to me. Mm-hmm. It's <clears throat> oh, look, I don't know. It's and people reminding me that it was very possible they could have heard the song because yep. in their early interviews they'd say they were big fans of Rose Tattoo and mm-hmm. probably obviously ACDC and an Australian band, so it's not unusual that they might have heard of another Australian band called Australian Crawl and heard mm-hmm. that song. I don't know. Uh, the chords are exactly the same, yeah. but you know there are plenty of songs yeah. with exactly the same chords. The melody, you know, it gets close. It gets close there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've and after much pushing by other people, I have invested, especially as an American friend of mine, um, who's I won't mention him, but he was a singer in a fairly well-known kind of band from from Seattle, mm-hmm. early nineties, and he now lives in LA. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually he sings like a rock singer though. Okay, right. Uh, so Bank or Candlebox. And they don't doing our best Pearl Jam. Eddie. But he's you know, but I've ha- I've had a couple of law- you know I had a lawyer look at it and there's the statute of limitations. And apparently, if they read, if they repackage, or there's some law, if they repackage their the record that has that on or a greatest hits or something, then it's considered a new record. Okay. You can kind of try it. Yeah. But you know, they've got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're represented by yeah. Warner Brothers. They've got the I've got the same. See, here's my beef: is that we have the same publishing company. Yeah. Uh, Warner Chapel, and I think if Warner Chapel, you know got off their asses and did something. I have a beef with them about something else anyway. Yeah. But um, so I don't mind and hope they hear this and get back to me because <laughs> they won't get back to me otherwise. Yeah. But, you know, if the publishing company were doing their job, yeah. they would be sorting it out yeah, one yeah. way or the other, you know, and they're not. But that's yeah. that's the way of many publishing companies, banks you, and filing cabinets. You hear the yarns and, um, you know, as we said, like your music kind of is – discovered by new generations and new generations each year and that yarn gets trotted out as well 
and with that comes the whole well you know when Barnsley and all these guys and and the whole the pub rock scene was blowing up everyone likes to say that oh there were people from America flying over in the pubs watching oh, this stuff yeah because there's that yarn where there's Bruce Springsteen he he wrote Born in the USA and he he was like yeah the, I I I heard this song called K Sun you know, and it, and and it really inspired me. He said know. that. Parrot wall. That's the young. Wow, these there you are the go. young ones, Yeah. And then in the song, he's like, "I had a brother at Kason." Yeah. And, and the exact like, exact same yeah. exact See? same model. I There's guess. another oh. conspiracy. You theory. create a song critical of the government, and it ends up becoming like a Australiana anthem or an Americana anthem. Yeah, yeah. The exact yeah. same thing yeah, in that concept, but. Is that is there much merit to those kind of rumours that there were the, the Americans had heard about this thing you guys were doing down down in Australia? It's look, I don't know. I, I, it's, you hear these things; it's possible. Mm. I know for a fact that they the guitar. Look, one of the things that I think is true, and they admit to this because it's not really ripping anybody off, but the guitar sound that essentially, if you trace it back, and I know for a fact that Lobby Lloyd invented, mm-hmm. which was basically to cut through all the, these pubs in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then I think Angus Young modified it and took it on, you know, mm-hmm. quite as he should. And so that guitar sound, I know now that there was, well, I don't know now, but there was a period in, in LA studios mm-hmm. where they worked out a combination of like a Marshall this and a Marshall something else through a boogie something else amp and yeah. you would get that sound and so some other modification equipment piece yeah. of thing you would get that sound so they purposely went out to get that Australian kind of yeah. ACDC Lobby Lloyd Thorpey and the Aztecs kind of sound yeah. that was invented here just to cut through you'd got this sweaty beer barn thrill of you know vaguely violent yeah. pissed <laughs> <laughs> people wanted Ooh, to yeah, kill glorious actually yeah, yeah. Now, Angus well, and Malcolm Young too. They had a bit of a head start because they're uh, they're older brothers in the Easy Beats. That's right. Was, yeah. Mm. So um, George and the Easy Beats, and you know that's just and they invented that stuff because yeah. I, I remember seeing ACDC when I was was sixteen. I remember seeing down a place near where I live called Sorrento. There's a place down there called Tomcats. It used to open only in summer. I remember seeing there with like fifty. I'm sure everyone my age has got these stories, but with like fifty other people, mm-hmm. and they were doing exactly what they do now. It was the same kind of. It's not a formula, but the same kind of approach, and they were brilliant. But it's just that thing that grew up, whether it's an Adelaide thing, because all those kind of 10-pound poms came out of Adelaide and went there, and it's a working-class thing, and these bored kids and these creative Mm -hmm. bored kids got together and they creative talented kids and you know invented this sound yeah 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 well now in adelaide it's the home of aussie hip-hop you know so all <laughs> the grandkids or the kids of the 10 pound poms are now emulating american yeah. hip-hop. Emulate american hip-hop yeah. yeah have you heard any of that stuff like are you into aussie hip-hop <laughs> well there's one i've i've been asked i was asked for one of these things you do to put together 10 australian <laughs> i won't do what's it's one of the interviews. <laughs> I'm going to be nice, but um, but I, my daughter. I mean, I've heard "Swear Jar" by Illy. I quite yeah. like, and there's other things that she plays because the guys she knows because they're 1920 and they play yeah. all this sort of stuff. Uh, was am I a fan? Well, some of it. Yeah, some of it's like everything. Some of it, I think, is yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of it's just rubbish. Mm-hmm. But right. that's like any far, kind of music, you know. Yeah. And and now the vowels. You what? What vowels would you sing in? When, okay, so yeah. I, in terms of hip hop, because I have a theory about that too. Because I once did a kind of a kind of rappy sort of thing over a, on a song on an album I made in 1999 called "Design for Living." This mm-hmm. song called, and I was with my friend Brett Kingman, who was helping me. He's listened. He'd listened to quite a bit of you know um, rap at that stage because they call it rap then. 
And we figured the Australian accent's a pretty good accent to rap in. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it, the approach to take it when you're recording is pretend you're yelling at the kids. Mm -hmm. And that's <laughs> the kind of approach. And it kind of works those, those broad vowels mm -hmm. seem, depending on the words you're saying, but seem to kind of work. I know it sounds weird. Mm. And so it does sound foreign, but then again, it's just like any other kind of scene. I mean, you can't say that any genre is not de derivative of something that's happened in the States or England either. Of course, yeah. yeah. And, and it's always the top 10% the 10 of people that invented this stuff and are genuinely talented at it, and then there's always the 90% of the yeah, yeah. pretenders, the followers. And it was also weird how Adelaide was the home of it, and they've got that really weird accent oh, yeah. you know that really round I know I know, I know. <laughs> that's and it. they rap that's it we've been trying to epitomise it I and know. they rap about things like what say? and then they rap about things like they rap yeah trampolines yeah uh, sausage rolls France and, uh, yeah. France and chance yeah yeah <laughs> we've moved on from uh, Guns and Roses but one thing you can take solace in when you compare the two is that your song had a substantial less amount of uh, pedophilic content in it so unpublished critics is the winner at the end there as opposed to sweet child oh mine yeah yeah <laughs> look at those lyrics Although closely it's, funny, that's it's kind a, of spooky that's, that's another yeah, but it's another thing of you know the things that you could sing about yeah you know in days gone by and yeah. people would yeah. bat an eyelid and now yeah you know, i know like there's people like Errol Flynn, he'd have a lifespan in Hollywood now that you could measure in. That's right. In microseconds. That's right. You know? He would. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's good. Time to change. A bit more accountability. Now, tell us uh, what is happening on the road nowadays, you see. Like, does it feel like it, it used to feel? You still stumble across people that you think, oh, they're, you know, they're doing something interesting or you like what's happening there and you kind of all work together that way or... Or is it more just a one-man show, I guess, nowadays, and you kind of... Well, I think you, you work in your own... Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Like, you work mm -hmm. in within... Yeah, I, you kind of run your own race. Yeah. You know? You've got a small circle now? Well, you... of people I work with? Yeah. Well, I have the band, my band. We've all worked together for a long time, and mm -hmm. I just... When we're playing, I mean, I just can, I'm just a singer in this great band. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm lucky enough to play with the guys I play with. They're great, great musicians. It's a killer band, mm -hmm. you know. And we play all the songs you would expect us to play, that would you expect to come out of my mouth, you know, the crawl stuff, solo stuff, all those things. And it's just a great band. Um, you know, you carve your own little niche and you get on with what you feel you should be doing within the confines of the Australian music. Mm -hmm. And people with the music business, music industry, I don't know what it is, but, you know, the music world. The world, yeah. The music yeah. world. <laughs> and it's a little marketplace and you, it, it's all about the price of fish in the marketplace, mm -hmm. really. So you just try and work, weave your way through, navigate your way through the sort of vicissitudes of that kind of thing. I don't pay a lot of attention to what, say, my peers are doing. I mean, you obviously hear about things that are happening, but I don't. I always had the theory too. You start looking sideways, you're in trouble. Going, oh, trying to keep yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when in, when we were younger, of course, and I was, I've always made this joke, and I, I'm still a bit like that. And I have friends who are in other bands, and you can be very friendly with someone. They can be a friend of yours from another band, but you always, you know, quietly are going. I think you record. I hope that fails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, this. Oh, that's just natural, right? So <laughs> I guess that <laughs> now's been like that's kind of what the crux of all these. TV shows like The Voice and mm. you know Idol Everyone's and stuff. So friendly, mm. you know everyone now is you know having 
to judge themselves off another person. You know, like these things are a competition. That's right. It's, yeah. well, exactly. And, let's, and there's only one winner. That's right. There's only one winner. And um, you're sure it, it, you know, it's not a competition in a way in terms of how we were and still are, but it's a bit of a competition. You want to do better than anybody else, mm. obviously, you know. Mm. Not that that's why you do it, but you kind of go, really? They yeah. do that? Damn. Yeah. Damn, it really annoys me. So but- we're not going to see you on... The voice no, as a judge, not. unless they ask me to be a judge, not a coach, coach. a judge. <laughs> then you can sit there and judge, and I'd last about the first lunchtime. I reckon. What yeah. are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't be. A, it shouldn't be. A, it's not a horse race. Yeah. The ironic thing about that is that everyone. It's a competition, and yet everybody's so bloody nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love him. He's a lovely guy, and I mm-hmm. wish him well. And really, so you know, should be I wishing be they don't do it. Standing on that head like a stepping Correct. stone. Correct. Yeah. And deep inside, they are. And well, social media has given uh, artists a lot more of a platform to talk shit about each other as well. Yeah. We've seen, you know, drunken slips on a, oh, yeah. on, a on a comment section, yeah. or you know, um, you know, just accusations against, you know, that sounds a lot like us, or that kind of, you know, you took that idea from us and that kind of stuff. Which is good to see. There's still a bit of it out there, but yeah. probably a little antisocial on social media channels to be to be putting that out to yeah, the world. Yeah, doing social media channels, find a cleverer way of doing yeah. it, more creative do it, do way. Put it in the pub after the gig, just talk. or just be better yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, do you have the song? Do you have that song we've spoken to? We interviewed Paul Kelly, and he's got a couple songs like this where. There's just that one song where you doesn't matter where you're playing, there will be a punter that comes up and asks for that song, even if it's not part of the set that night. Yeah. And uh, a couple of them, yeah. 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 What, what do you reckon is the most? Uh, uh, I get surprised sometimes with some of the choices, but yeah. it's either Boys Light Up or Reckless or yep. Errol. Yep. Yep. Um, Heard that one a few and times. Sometimes you do the thing, you walk on stage and they go, Boys Light Up! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. And one yeah. night, one night uh, a few years ago, and I thought just to play with the sort of theatre of it, I won't do it. I won't do Boys Light Up. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't do it and we finished and Karen and I got bailed up in the car park. These like really? five guys pissed, obviously, and they, yeah. were, they were genuinely furious. Yeah, yeah. They were furious and they were going to beat me up. Yeah. They were really, really angry. And um, fortunately, <laughs> I was with um, Brett, my, my friend who plays guitar in the band. His sister there, Tracy, was there. And she took them on, you know. She she had the de-escalation skills. Yeah, or? she talked them down. Yeah, yeah. She had a real go at them. Yeah, and they weren't they didn't know what to do, you know. And she pushed one of them. She pushed one of them really hard and sort of freaked him out, and that sort of straightened him up a bit. Yeah, well, it doesn't always end up that well. There's one example of Daryl Braithwaite, and obviously he's been plagued by the horses every every spring carnival. Well, that's and- my joke with him, but going. <laughs> he he um, before he became like the you know the guest appearance. It was just a song people played at the pub. And one night he was booked, and this is a yarn. I had a mate that was there at the Sock Exchange in Brisbane, and they'd kind of marketed it as Dale Braithwaite's coming to sing the horses. So they all came back after the uh, from Eagle Farm, and they were all blind in the suits, tarot cash, army kind of vibe, yeah. and they were all there. And he did the same thing, and he just played all his sherbet stuff and wasn't going to play the horses just out of principle before he embraced this kind of... Uh, you know, uh, yeah. narrative. Yeah. And then. It's like, Daryl will give you $40,000 to sing it at the AFL Grand Final. Yeah, he's, it's like, he's sold. He's since embraced it. But then, out of principle, he wasn't going to do it. It was a pub gig. And uh, they were horses, horses. He goes, No, nah, last song. Last song was How's That? They finished and they were packing up, and a guy walked up and said, Daryl, play the horses or I'll fucking kill you. Right. Yeah. 
And then the all right, one more song. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. That is that is you know you're dealing with fandom. You, oh yeah, you, and so, well, just quickly on that song because I know Daryl. I've been mates with him for a long time, and we always have fun with that. The 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 whole idea of that song, yeah. and it's not even. And he, I always make the joke about you know on Melbourne Cup Day he gets eighty three gigs. Yeah. You know he must yeah. make a fortune on that day. The song's not even a really about horses. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with horses really, <laughs> but you know, yeah. you know. And do you find that you still? Do you recognise fans now from towns? Like, do you know yeah. them, or do you can you can actually identify the archetype? I can. I, there's a certain archetype I can identify. Um, there's a core. The punters and the dribblers. Yeah, yeah. There's a core that you know, and I love them. I like. Look, I've, I've, you know, I love the the ones that come. They're the ones you love. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that yeah. pay their money to come. You got to love them. Mm-hmm. And sure, if they have their idiosyncrasies, well, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. It's got much better. But the, the one thing in Australia, talk, go, harking back to you know the Australian sound and whether Americans came out here and the pub rock scene and the, mm. that sort of unique institution that was the Australian pubs, mm-hmm. still exists a bit, but nothing like it used to. And there's and it was you'd you'd get through it. And when you're young, you're bulletproof and you take them on. And you, you know you got the microphone, so you feel you've got the power. But there has and there is still a bit this weird sort of undercurrent of violence that's yeah. always there, especially yeah. if you include alcohol. Yeah. But there really is this, you know. Yeah, they can't. It's and it's it's really odd. And I guess the social media thing has allowed everybody to have, you know, a lot, a lot more access. That's yeah. right. And mm-hmm. I, I always yeah. figure the people have opinions. The, every single person that seems to have an opinion on social media is the sort of person that doesn't deserve an opinion <laughs> and probably hasn't got the brains to have a proper opinion. And oh, they're the ones good. putting opinions on. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And the people that got probably have thought th- thought something through, have done some research or read a book, mm. God forbid, and have the right, therefore possibly a right to maybe a vaguely informed opinion, the ones that aren't going to go, I'm not putting my opinions on this stupid social <laughs> yeah. media. What's to be point? picked apart by guys with... Uh, Holding Commodores as their profile picture and just yeah. just to get abused by the punters. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's uh, there's 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 a channel for academic opinions, and it's usually the places that people aren't reading. It's uh, that's in, right in books and lectures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or just not putting it out there on, the, on that on that in that medium. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, like there's been heaps of uh, heaps of people who have been running for office uh, in this. Election, they've been unstuck by social media. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I know. It's like from the, like from all these things that they've posted years ago. That's right. You know, it's come back to haunt. It's probably one of the worst inventions that man's ever made. Yeah, in terms of your CV, definitely. We've spoken to a lot of sports stars who said, "Thank, you know, thank Christ that wasn't around when we, you know, former players." And I'm sure musicians are the same. We're seeing it in the politicians, but there is now a digital footprint that you have to consider, and that would yeah. be something young musicians are, are now considering. Uh, That's right. Yeah. And you think, oh, you know, and, and who knows? You may suddenly, it may go through the roof and yeah. in 20 years or mm. 30 years or whatever, you're still sitting down people interviewing you going, yeah. you remember back 30 years ago yeah, you said yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now you're all grown up and you realise the error of your ways? Yeah, yeah. Or you streaked, you know, there's a video yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Now you've done a few different sounds. You did a James Blundell. Speaking of uh, you know uh, rogue political candidates, James Blundell, former Cutter uh, MP uh, mm. candidate. Um, that was uh, what, what was that? Was that nineteen ninety two? Yep. How did you like doing the country thing? Okay, so I've always been a big fan of uh, what they now call probably Americana, kind of more folky country. I, when I was a kid at school, I used to have 
That's weird of a record club. I used to take Towns Van Zant records yeah, to school. Yeah. So outlaw kind of. And Jerry Jeff yeah. Walker, but it wasn't called that. It yeah. was just some music. My friends and I we used to listen to that yeah. sort of stuff and be oh, weird. And, then, yeah. you know. and now, of course, everyone it's name checked Towns Van Zant. No, yeah. they name check him all. The people like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've always liked that kind of stuff. I loved Credence, which is close to that kind of country. Yeah. yeah. Music, as I say, what would now be called? You know, Jason Isbell. I'm a huge fan of his mm-hmm. now. I mean, he's a great. He's a great craftsman mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the sort of stuff I've always liked wordsmith wordsmith but country country I mean a lot of people would think of. I'm not a huge fan of it but I like that sort of music and that it just came that with James Blundell came mm-hmm. about because the record company at the time knew I liked it and they, it was their idea mm-hmm. and so I wanted to do maybe a dingo song and do it with James mm-hmm. and they chose James because I think that was he had the most he was the most profile guy then yeah he was always on the midday show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think all the women loved James because he, you know, he's a good-looking guy. And he had the, he had the right. He had his hair, all his hair. And then no, I can say because I don't mind. But you know, <laughs> but yeah, it was you know. But yeah. James was funny on that when we we did that and it worked. I didn't think it'd do anything and it went to number one. And then we did a short tour and it was on that tour that he was being approached by the. I guess it was called the Country Party then. Yeah, right. So there were quite a f- nearly every gig we did, there'd be somebody backstage kind of chatting to him about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's worse than an A and R, isn't it? That's uh, <laughs> that's worse than someone trying to trying to poach you, for, yeah. <laughs> to sign you. The- but I think he considered it for mm. a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, he, no, he, re- he made a run with with Cutter. I did do a run with Cutter. Yeah, 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 I'd, I'd heard that he'd been approached by them. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, mm. it's and look, fit. he still lives out in Stanthorpe on the farm. He's yeah. got a farm, and yeah. he's he's a he's a he was a. Um, uh, Jackaroo, you know. Yeah. yeah. Stanthorpe. Johnny that, Cash played in Stanthorpe. Did he? Yeah. Have you heard that yarn? Yeah, it's the coldest no. place in Queensland, too, yeah. Stanthorpe. Yeah. Wow. Good. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Australia's Griffith. Yeah. It's the, oh, is it? <laughs> in that way. Okay. <laughs> it's, really? Yeah, they got a lot of wine. It's the only place in Queensland where it snows occasionally. Yeah. Wow. But there the, you go. Johnny Cash came out here to do a gig for the nurses as a fundraiser. Yeah. And they've now got the Cash Festival, like the Elvis Parks festival but uh yeah it's it's a it's an interesting story no one knew he was here they'd promised the town he was coming and it was almost like it was the greatest stitch up wow until he was there like this is when he was full-blown yeah big collar hair yeah yeah. june carter kind of wow yeah no no it's uh there's a few few different festivals when are we going to get the australian crawl festival and where's that going to be yeah. Uh, well, it's funny you should say that because someone did mention me. It wasn't Australian crawl. They were going to do the like the Petty Fest or Pettywood they do in uh, in America. The the you know the Tom Petty mm-hmm. all these bands play. There was some us probably our agent or something put this idea. We're going to do one of James. Well, yeah. But mm. that I don't know if that'll ever happen. But um, there won't be an Australian crawl fest. No, there won't be one. No, because rainy the, conditions. Uh, <laughs> 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 Because <laughs> I've heard that part of the reason why you'll never see the boys from Powderfinger up on stage again is because they own half a Splendor. So, you know, <laughs> right, well, there you go. So they yeah. aren't ever going to be like, all right, boys, the ATO has been in touch. Yeah. I think we should do one more time around right. the country, yeah. you know. No, we did that. The last tour we did in Australian Crew was pretty much for that reason. We'd yeah, yeah. pay our debts <laughs> and then get out. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bands that could do it, but obviously people go their different ways. Um, Silverchair could do it, but I don't So you're think- talking about like a tour where you do – Oh, I was actually talking about like yeah. you know, down in Mornington Peninsula, you just do a festival for your for your music, but obviously that couldn't come from you. That'd have to come from the punters. Um, yes, you can't. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't say. Can't, please come along and celebrate me. <laughs> Dresses me. Yes, that's right. Could you please? That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. No, uh, Silverchair could, could do a, another tour, I reckon. They could do an ATO tour, but I think... Probably not at the moment. Well, Daniel's not in that world, is he? He's well, certainly not. I think he's not in our world no, at the moment. A, right. You know, he's the, just hanging around. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the boys are back in Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. But you are on tour. Yeah. And you've got... Uh, yeah. May... Uh, oh, okay. Just so passed. you Just done June 1st at Palms at Crown. Uh, oh, yeah. July We're doing 6th. that all year. Yeah. July 6th. These are the immediate ones. July 6th at uh, Palms at Crown with Taxi Ride. Yes. Yep. Creeping up slowly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And then the big one, 12th of July. Middle of winter. Boom Crash Opera at the Enmore. One of the country's last great Art Deco theatres. Yeah. That's right. It's a beautiful theatre. We play there many times. It's a beautiful place. Limp Biscuit broke the floors at the Enmore. Did they yep. on the stage? They told the crowd to jump and they oh. and they all fell through the floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're going back to back, Jesus Christ, just like mm-hmm. the old days. So that's Oh, yeah, we're going to the star. Gold Boom Coast. Crash Opera again. Ooh. Boom Crash. At, at, at the star. And then a spot where Clancy and I did our show yeah. in, uh, in Adelaide. The at, Gov. The at, Gov. Your gov. show, what's yeah. your show, this? We did a national tour last year yeah. on a stage show talking about yeah. the Tudor. Oh, uh, great. The Gov was a great venue. They got a great green room there. Yeah. Yeah. That little place outside the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we, we were mostly doing like theatres and then that was the first pub gig we got to do. We really liked the Gov. So, shout out to the Gov. We were on the same night as Block Party. <laughs> so, Adelaide's not big enough for two shows. No, no, no it's always a... Yeah, and yeah. they were just across... The road. Yes. The entertainment yeah. centre. Yeah. yeah. In yeah, fact, so. I played there when you know, Springsteen was across the road too. Oh, that's a, that's a big one too. So, oh, it's not as many people here tonight. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think we were originally supposed to be at the entertainment spot across the road and... Uh, our agent was like, oh, you know, this is up to 3,000. I was like, fucking hell. Yeah. Adelaide you know, is like- Batuta's <laughs> closest capital city, but I don't know if there are- <laughs> If there's going to be 3,000 people in there to go and watch a road show <laughs> spectacular about a podcast. Yeah. It so was a bit ambitious, that we show. Went, but We went know. to the Gov. And then you're on. Sorry, so you just. Do you do the pod like this? No, kind of. It was a bit of history of us and the newspaper and, mm. you know, our various sort of run ins with people you know you know people like richard branson to the prime minister to and pantsman joyce yeah. you know, there's lots of people yeah. um sorry yeah the gov yeah the gov <laughs> august 3 and september 7 at palms it. at crown yep that's just every, the first saturday of every month we're at the palms at crown okay, okay, for sweet. the rest of the year so okay. basically it's an endless type of summer but that's you know, kind of why we obviously because we're there for the whole year in victoria you in victoria they that they have to have a winter <laughs> and it's yeah, yeah, and they've started, and and the poor bastards in in Perth, they miss out again. Yeah, yeah, on winter. Yeah. Well, we can't see any get, any gigs in Perth. Oh, here and for the last, yeah. No, we're going to um, we're doing the acoustic duo show on uh, sometime in uh, somewhere Ooh, Regal Theatre, twenty first of go. September. Regal Theatre, that's it in Perth. So it's good. He's not too big for his boots. He's not. He's not Kendrick Lamar. He's not going no. to bypass Perth. <laughs> We we went out to Perth too. We gave <laughs> we gave him a sympathy visit. Where did you, we had a nice show. The Astor. Oh, the Astor's great. Yeah, mm. that's a great theatre. Yeah. yeah, very. That's got a nice band room underneath. It's very. Yeah, yeah it does. does yeah, it's very low roof. Yeah, very low roof. Yeah, very uh, very good acoustics in that place. You know. Right. We, we made the terrific decision to go down the street and get a Brazilian barbecue before we went on stage. What is that? Yeah. What's it's Brazil- just endless meat. Endless oh, it is meat. Like yeah. And it was it, it was. <laughs> 
in summer in Perth, it was like 41 degrees <laughs> outside. And I was like, this is what we need just before we go on on yeah. is is about a kilo of meat and and i was like hello everyone hello <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's, yeah. How, how, how's it all going that was the first show where i had a nap in the green room before <laughs> yeah. we went on so um well you know your experience man you'd be familiar with the naps in the green room um but yeah no <laughs> <laughs> i'd certainly know not to eat too much meat before you go on yeah, yeah. well I'll leave it three hours. It was our first that. tour, yeah, yeah. so I guess. Or t- when you're on stage talking, drinking beer as well, we found was problematic. Yeah. No, because you burp. Yeah. yeah. Burping's a bad one. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, thank you for joining us today, James No, thank Ryan. you for having me. Lovely. Great. We, we might Brilliant. put the word out to get a uh, crawl festival or a, a crawl yeah. fest. A crawl fest. Crawl, crawl fest. Or, yeah. or rainy conditions was my other, yeah. other idea I pitched. That's a good one. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Because we know you got the punters. You're on the road for the endless summer. Thank you for joining us. Yep, thank you for having me. Thanks. Lovely.